0: No, but really honestly, um, I had so have so much on my mind and I'm just Holy Spirit help me get it out. And I love that last song and I was actually praying as you know we were ministering to the Lord, it's just like thank you for energizing our weary souls and giving us clear clarity and a sound mind and giving us words to speak in wisdom and strength to people that need it and to ourself that we could speak to our own soul and um so on Pentecost sunday you know there's so many things and there's so many revelations on our journey that we've had you know and i'll just try to be brief and have i am just just writing it down but um last week when i spoke about peter and um him denying him when when jesus called him Satan, get behind me you know because he was adversarially coming saying no oh, you're not going go to go the cross and everything And in that same conversation in John 14, whenever he tells him in 13, he's like, you know, you say you're going to go with me, but you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows. But in the same conversation in the next chapter, he says, but don't let your heart be troubled, Peter, you know, because I've overcome uh, the world. And so the same guy that he told to get behind him is the same guy who had the revelation, the same guy who Jesus looked at him and and says that, you know, on this revelation, I'm going to build my church. And when the Holy Spirit came at, on Pentecost, there were so many different places where the Holy Spirit came before that. Because at the tomb, you know, when Mary Magdalene saw him um, and, and he came to them in a room, the disciples were in a closed room. And he came through the shut door. And it's just like I'm thinking, too. I said that before you. Any closed doors or any walls you have up, Jesus can come through that. Holy Spirit can come through that closed door that's closed off. He can come through that and reveal himself. And he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. So that was one part where they received the Holy Spirit. And John, he was telling them that about the Holy Spirit, about the comforter. He wasn't going to leave them comfortless. It was to their advantage that he, they, that he goes away because he can only be at one place at one time. Time. and so he was going to send them the guide, the comforter, the spirit of truth, the teacher, going to reveal all things, going to give them wisdom and all the um, the power and so on pentecost and that 's where i 'm getting at too, and there was places where they laid hands on them, and they received power and then and through the chapter, Peter was just speaking, and the Holy Spirit fell, and they received it so there 's all kinds of ways, and it 's just not one or the other, I think it 's all the above. And when you get saved, it's just like, holy. I don't know if you know it or not, but you have the power in you. When you believed and received that same power that raised Christ from the dead is that same spirit that dwells in you. He said he's going to make his home, his abode in you. You are his mansion. You are the governor's mansion. We've heard Pastor or, you know, Dr. Lynn Howells say that. So it's not a separate act. I mean, it can be if you want it to be. Maybe it is a separate act because you didn't realize that when you got saved, he moved in and dwelled in you and you had that power. and You just didn't know it. So as me speaking, if you don't know that you have Holy Spirit already in you, you have that same power. It's dwelling in you. And as I'm speaking, I hope that he's stirring in your heart. That's like, yeah, let me bubble up because he already came out at Pentecost. The cork was popped. He's not going back in. He's out and he's moving. You can't put champagne or anything back in the bottle once it comes out. So I'm just telling you, you've got it. Let it out. And you can speak with other tongues. You can prophesy. And not only is it in another language, which is what they said, but sometimes I don't know what to speak. I don't know what to pray. But I'm thankful Holy Spirit knows my heart. He can articulate words in my heart that I can speak to you in a season that you need because I don't know what to say. And sometimes he'll say, well, just don't say anything. Just be there. Give them a hug. Show them love. And sometimes he'll give you a word to say. And so that's that's what he is there for. It's the power of Holy Ghost in you. And it's dynamite. And you all look dynamite. I could go on and, but um, anyway, I just want you to know that you have power of the Holy Ghost in you and it's not, it was just from that day and it's progressive and as soon as they had that encounter in the upper room when they walked out, they saw the crippled man at the gate. And that was the next thing, is a silver and gold, have I none, but what I have, let me give it to you. And that's what we need to be doing so signs and wonders can follow. Let me give this to you. Let me give you the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you that you have that healing, sound mind, restoration. Okay. Okay. So thank you, Father, for this day. We love you. We honor you. We praise you. We thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. We thank you that the gift that is continuing to flow out of us, gifts of healing, gifts of prophetic words, Lord, we just are thankful. Help reveal to us the power that's in us so that we can be utilized in the kingdom, Father. We love you, and we praise you, and we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Thank you. Good stuff. Amen hey, there's a basket in the back, laundry basket, and there's some of these uh, bags in that basket uh, that we're going to take to the children and teens at the West Virginia Home Society. Um, They don't have foot lockers or anything to put their clothes in, and a lot of them transition from one foster home to another foster home. They have nothing to put their clothes in. They usually are bringing them in Walmart bags or trash bags. This gives them a little bit of hope, Think makes them think that someone's caring for them, and we don't have enough yet. So Aldi bags, Kroger bags, Walmart bags, anything that you have that uh, even if you want to go purchase some, uh, this is a good size, but the little bit bigger uh, Aldi bags are, you know, the plastic reusable recycled bags are really good. And if you have any slightly used luggage that still works that you haven't been using they also will use that, and we want to bless those children and young people with that. All right? Thank you for helping us with that project as well. Um, Matthew wanted me to tell all of you men and men watching online uh, that if you go to the app, you can register for the men's breakfast. That will help us know uh, how many biscuits and gravy and sausage to make. Sorry, ladies. You all can have one if you want. Just plan it. <laughs> Pray for Susie Waples and her sons, Brandon, Freddie, and Shannon. They buried their dad and her husband this week, 54 years married. Um, so that's going to be a tr- tough transition for her. Um, Ziana a s- little seven-year-old who's been through a lot of trauma and needs sound mind, peace, and her parents need direction. Pray for them. Um, Pastor Saraj in India, along with Pastor Babu, Um, There is a water crisis in India right now, and they are asking for prayer and help. Uh, Tina, Ty's brother Greg, has been uh, not doing very well. Uh, Jen has a co-worker who's been diagnosed with breast cancer. Lisa had a client who fell. She was in ICU this week, had to have surgery on her leg. She is out of ICU, having a little difficulty where the tube was stuck down her throat uh, talking, but she needs strength. Pray for Joe and Joanna. Sailors and for uh, Randy uh, Meadows. They all have COVID right now, so pray for them. Just I don't mention that to you so you can gossip about it. I mention it to you so that you will pray this week when the Lord brings it to your memory and you can uh, declare healing over them that's already uh, been brought forth by the stripes laid on Jesus' back. Lisa uh, said it so beautifully, you look dynamite because that word power Is dunamis, it means dynamite, uh, when you receive power. Pentecost Sunday was the birth of the church. uh, With power, and Dr. Howell says, to dispense heaven's resources into the earth. When Jesus was here as man, he could only be in one place at one time. Uh, And people came to him, multitudes came to him. But he said to his disciples, he said it's to your advantage that I go away because when I send my spirit, he will be everywhere all the time dwelling in all of you. Then heaven has come to earth and you dispense the resources of heaven on earth. We're called to be the architects of God's ongoing new creation project. Hebrews says that the world to come was not made subject to the angels. It was made subject to sons. Hello, sons. mean, To him who received him, he gave them the power, the authority to be called the sons of God. Those that are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. And the kingdom and this world, the age that we're living in as we rule and reign, is subject to us as sons. That's why the earth is groaning for the manifestation of the sons and daughters of God. So it's time to unpack your bags and be about the Father's business. Uh, I'm afraid that too many have had their bags packed ready to evacuate when the business of the kingdom is to occupy. Well, uh, I plan on living for a while. So go with me to Acts, the first chapter. I guess at least you and I are the only ones going to live because the rest of them didn't want to agree with that. We're going to keep on living, world without end. Amen? Amen. Acts, the first chapter, Jesus is talking to his disciples in verses 4 through 8. He was resurrected some 40 days before this encounter. On Passover, we see the... the crucifixion the burial the resurrection of christ we saw the foreshadowing of that in the passover of the children of israel coming out of egypt but the final passover was jesus the lamb of god being slain uh, for the sins of the world and then 40 days later he had walked with them he had talked with them he's eaten meals with them several times he eats Uh, with those that he finds on the road to a maze as he comes in, breaks bread. That's when their eyes are open and they recognize that it's Jesus. He finds Peter down on the uh, seashore of Galilee. He's been gone back to fishing already and Jesus prepares a meal for him and heals his mind of the memory of him denying Christ. He denied him three times, and three times Jesus said, Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Forgiving him around the same fire that the smoke would not remind him any longer of his denial, but remind him that he's in a brand new day. Mm -hmm. See, when that rooster crowed, we thought it was bad. Oh, no, Peter's denied him. No, the rooster crowing is a symbol of a brand new day. I got cold chills running all up and down my arms. We're in a brand new day. And so on this occasion, Jesus... Uh, it says here while he was eating with them Jesus I'm reading a book right now called the meals with Christ and it is an amazing uh, thing that one of the things that we've not taught much about is that the son of man came eating and drinking and how many meals that he shared with different people and the lessons that were taught in those meals here's one more meal before he ascends back to his father he's eating again On this occasion, while eating with the disciples, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. If you go back to John's gospel, all the way, Lisa made mention of chapter 13, 14, all the way to chapter 17 is the mandate of the kingdom of God with the coming of the Spirit. The inauguration of the kingdom was the coming of the Spirit. And Jesus was constantly talking about the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, the Counselor, the Paraclete, the Helper that would come alongside. For John baptized, underline that word baptized there. He baptized with water. But in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. This is a Greek word, baptizo. The picture of this Greek word for baptizo is it's taking a cloth and dipping it, literally immersing it into a dye to change the color of that cloth. It's, it's really the definition when you break it down. It is two becoming one so that the one is totally soaked in by the other. In other words, if you take a white cloth and you dip it in purple dye, it is no longer a white cloth. It has been completely changed because it was submerged and immersed and soaked up with everything that it was baptized in. Man, when you get baptized in water, we immerse you and you're completely covered with that water. It's a symbol of coming up out of the water of your new life in Christ. But the baptism of the Spirit, which I particularly believe, took place when you believed. When you asked God to forgive you and you said, Lord, I believe in anything and everything that you did in the cross, the finished work. He took up residence inside of you. You're either aware of it or you're not. Jesus knew the impact holy spirit had in and on his life while he was on the planet are we not followers of christ imitators of christ so we need to see how the holy spirit impacted the life of christ as a man on the planet every area of his life watch this jesus the holy spirit was on jesus and was involved in his birth Luke 135, the angel says to Mary, The Holy Spirit shall come upon you and overshadow you, and you will conceive. The conception of Christ was by the Holy Spirit at his birth. The Holy Spirit was involved. The Holy Spirit was present at his baptism. If you go to Luke the third chapter, you will find out that when he was baptized as he came up out of the water, uh, the Spirit descended, it says in Luke's gospel, in bodily form of a dove and lighted on Jesus, then the voice of heaven spoke. His identity was affirmed when the Spirit was released. <laughs> it's the Holy Ghost who affirms who you are. He was led by the Spirit in Luke 4 chapter. After his baptism, it says he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. It actually says that then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. I have a word for you today. You will be led by whatever you're full of. If you're full of rage, you're going to be led by that rage. If you're full of uh, gossip and backbiting, if you're full of grief, if you're full of a negative mindset, have you ever been around anybody that's negative? I mean, that's what leads them. But I have word for you today. You are full of the Holy Spirit. And because you are full of the Holy Spirit, you are led by the Spirit. You can be impressive with your talent. The works, you you can perform to a level that impresses people. But when the Holy Spirit is operating in and through you, you you are impactful. There's more about being impressive than there is being impactful. Jesus was impactful. Why? Because the Holy Spirit, he was full of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit led him. He was resurrected by the Spirit. Look at Romans, the 8th chapter. Slow down a little bit. Romans, the 8th chapter, verse 11. let me read this to you. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. However, you are not in the realm of the flesh, but in the realm of the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you, say, He dwells in me. But if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Him. If Christ is in you, say He's in me. Through the though the body is dead because of sin, yet the spirit is alive because of righteousness. But if the spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He raised Christ Jesus from the dead. He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. Say, the Spirit dwells in me. Dwells in this is the day of Pentecost, and the title of my message this morning is the day that when He moved in. The day He moved in. Now, we read in Acts that Jesus told them to go and wait. Let me give you a little benefit, an advantage of that initial experience taking place. Pentecost means 50. Forty days after he says this, they go to Jerusalem and they wait. And ten days later, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, that's not a, something new. They had been celebrating uh, Pentecost since they had been selling uh, Passover. If you're not familiar with that, they come out of Egypt, cross through the Red Sea, that's a baptism. Then they come to Mount Sinai 50 days later, and at Mount Sinai we have the inauguration of the Old Covenant. The Ten Commandments are handed out. We have the rules and the regulations and the inauguration of that kingdom. But 50 days, Penta, 50 days after the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, 10 days after he had given them commandment to wait, The Spirit of God falls on the day of Pentecost. 3,000 died at the giving of the law. 3,000 received life at the giving of the commandments of the new covenant or the, the inauguration of the new covenant. Pentecost was the initial pouring out of the promise of the Father of the Holy Spirit and He has not stopped pouring out. He didn't put the cork back on and then every time someone believes that he pops the cork back open. No, we don't have to wait. If we have to wait, then he didn't start pouring it out. Not only do we not have to wait, we're not in the last days. The last days are our past days. How do I know that? Because Peter stands up in chapter 2 verse 17 and he says, This is that which the prophet Joel prophesied. If this is that, then we're not waiting for that. It is something that took place that has residual effects. It continues. What Jesus did at the cross, His blood, was a one-time sacrifice that has residual and continual effects and power. When you say, Lord, I believe, he doesn't go back to the cross to be crucified again. When you need healing, he doesn't go to the whipping post again. He gave you the spirit when you got saved. Again, you are either some know it and others don't. I believe I have a responsibility to help you become aware of it and awaken to it. And maybe that's your initial experience, but you've had it all along. I've said it before, when I bought my shoes, I didn't buy the tongue separately. They came with it. When you got saved, the Holy Spirit moved in. He's the indweller. And the indweller imparts life. We see it from the very beginning. 3,000 died at the inauguration of the old covenant, but this brand new covenant that was cut when Jesus shed his blood and the, the spirit falls, he the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead gives life. The indweller implants hope. Once you are awakened to the reality that the indweller is living on the inside of you, you have the power to overcome. The pl- power to overcome opposition. Zechariah 4.6 says, It's not by might. It's not by power but it's by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. We just came out of a series of spiritual warfare, and people say, but I still have battles. You have the power of the spirit living on the inside of you that when that attack and opposition comes to your mind, that you have already overcome it, and you rebuke it, and you move on from it. The lo- Listen, the Holy Ghost has a local address, and it's not on some planet three miles North of Mars, the local address of the Holy Ghost, is the indwelling in your body. He lives in you. He dwells in you. Revelation, the 21st chapter, verse 3. I love the Message Bible. Look at it. Look, look. God has moved into the neighborhood, making his home with men and women. He doesn't need another temple built for him to dwell in. You are the temple that's not been built by hands. You were created by the Holy Ghost and now he's dwelling on the inside of you. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Listen, there there does not need for a a marker of the coming of Christ, an end time marker. There doesn't need to be a temple built. The temple has already been established, and God moved into the neighborhood on that Pentecost Sunday, 50 days after Christ had been resurrected. His indwelling presence in you has caused property value to go up. Has any, is anybody a realtor in the building? Any realtors in the building? Angie back there. She's a realtor. The market is, for sellers, is booming. I mean, you can get a ridiculous amount of money out of a house right now. I know Natalie, our daughter, is looking for a home. She found one in Nitro, 1,400 square foot, with the asking price of $139,000, and the winning bid was $169,000. Property value has gone up, whether we like it or not. But the real property value is that you're not a piece of real estate. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is living in you. When he moved in, he had no plans of ever moving out. (laughs) That's an amazing fact to me. I have a question for you. Does the Holy Ghost move out when you you sin? He does not. Daddy Hagen, one of my wife's spiritual mentors, said, the Holy Spirit didn't say he'd stay two weeks. He didn't say that he would come on vacation. He said the Holy Ghost would come that, you, that he might abide with you forever. Somebody said, Brother Hagan, don't you believe that if a man sins, the Holy Ghost leaves him? His response was, certainly not. If ever he left us, we would be forever doomed and damned. The Holy Ghost doesn't come and go. There's no scripture that even says that He dwells. I feel that. Hallelujah. When He moved in, He brought some housewarming gifts with Him. He just didn't come in empty-handed. First Corinthians, the twelfth chapter, verse four says that He brought a diversity of gifts when He showed up. Gifts of wisdom and knowledge. Gifts of faith and healing. The workings of miracles. The gift of prophecy. The discerning of spirits. Lord fire that up inside of your people today. We need discernment. Mm. The gift of tongues. The interpretation of tongues. One and the same spirit works in all of these. Distributing to each individual as he wills. We're going to. July, we're going to do a three-week series on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Listen to this statement. I hope it's on the screen. It's a crime when we make Holy Spirit an instrument of division. The church universal is so divided over Holy Spirit. Some believe in certain gifts and not other gifts. Some believe that... The the offices of the church that were given by the Spirit that only certain ones of them exist. Uh, I'm full gospel. I believe in it from cover to cover. I believe that the gifts are still in operation in the body of Christ. The offices—apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher—are still operating in the church today. And it we've it's a crime in the church that we are dividing against one another because of the precious promised given. Of the Holy Spirit. The indweller gives peace under pressure. Anybody have ever been in any pressure? Life, life just will come at you and put pressure against you. And sometimes, not sometimes, all the time. We can't make it if we don't have the indwelling Holy Spirit. Amen. Leading and guiding us. Because when we forget. I remember one of the most pressure packed moments of my life. I uh, had never rehearsed anything like that in my my mind that, that that it would happen, but I always thought that I had I was cool, calm, and collected because I had the Holy Ghost, and I wanted to, I, I wanted to respond in certain ways. Didn't want anger to overtake me. I didn't want uh, hate and bitterness to overtake me. But listen, when we get under pressure, peace doesn't leave. Now, if you're going to battle in your mind, if you're going to let the enemy attack you, and you're not going to rebuke the accuser and remind him that he's defeated, then that you'll collapse under that pressure. And guess what? Even when you collapse under pressure, the Holy Spirit didn't leave. He's still right there to pick you back up, say it's, like, it's all right, pat you on the back, said, I got you. Come on, let's go. He's the Holy Ghost is our strength in the storms. 2 Corinthians 3, 17 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty, freedom. Freedom where the Spirit is. Where is the Spirit of the Lord? That's amen. You are exactly right. Dwelling in us, what does that make us? If where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom and He is in us, what should we have on the inside of us? We should have freedom. Freedom from doubt. Freedom from worry. Freedom from anxiety. Listen, I know that there are emotional situations. I know that we get into mental upheaval. I know that there are chemical imbalances. I know that there are situations, but none of that, Disqualifies or disannuls the fact that the Spirit of God is on the inside of you and you have freedom. Quit buying into the lie. The indweller, I like this one, is intoxicating. Oh, he's intoxicating. Some like to get intoxicated on all types of things, but this is a euphoria. Ephesians 5.18 says don't get drunk with wine which leads to debauchery but instead be filled with the Spirit. The wine of the Spirit is intoxicating. Anybody want it? Whether you want it or not, you already got it. (laughs) What? I'm going to preach her message. Leave that one alone. Hey, intoxication makes one walk differently. (laughs) Mrs. Wiggins. It'll make you talk differently. You'll speak in other languages when you're intoxicated. It affects your speech. You'll act differently. I've seen people's behavior change. Now, I'm comparing the intoxication of wine with the intoxication of the spirit. You'll walk differently, talk differently, and act differently when you realize you have the indwelling, intoxicating spirit of God from that new wine. That was the example. That's what they thought in the book of Acts when these men and women left the upper room. They said, it's nine in the morning and these, go, these guys are intoxicated. And Peter says, not on wine like you think, but they are full of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit indwelling in you will intoxicate you. You'll treat each other differently. You ever seen a drunk in a bar buy everybody a drink? was fighting with the guy 10 minutes ago, but he got intoxicated and got loose with his wallet. Holy Ghost, intoxicate these people so they'll be loose with their wallets in Jesus' name. (laughs) Can I just be real and transparent for a moment? That wasn't in my notes at all. That just came up. But I did have this little card written down to share with you this morning because we've always been extremely transparent. But... Right now, Grace Life is we're we are scraping the bottom of the barrel. We have an air conditioning unit that went out yesterday. We have a roof in the back that has four major leaks in it that we need to get repaired. The front porch and the back porch are getting, you know, the winter and the salt. We see the paint scraping up off of them, and we need to redo those. We have a couple of doors that the, what are those little things, springs on the top. They've got to be replaced. Plus we play electric bill, water bill, gas bill, cleaning supplies, toilet paper. And Matthew said it. What you don't support goes away. Uh, we don't plan on going anywhere because the, the Lord put us here. And uh, he's sustained and helping but we do need to go up and be beyond what we've been giving as the Holy Spirit leads you. I've got some envelopes here. I'm going to place them on the the uh, altar this morning and only as the Holy Spirit leads you we've done this one other time there's different amounts you pick whatever you want to pick if you don't want to pick anything the Holy Spirit doesn't lead you because he'll never tell you to give anything that you don't have but you grab one of those if you want over the next few weeks you feel led by the Spirit then you can put some money in those envelopes and stick it in the uh, kiosk in the back because when you're intoxicated you'll be loose with your money Folks, in 2022, we don't have time to be dull. Uh, lacking interest or excitement, lacking shine or brightness. People have lost their passion. A lot of people have, the pandemic put us in a, uh, a peculiar situation and a lot of people just lost their passion for gathering together. Can I go back to Acts, the first chapter? Um, Actually, I want to go to Acts the second chapter verse one it 's not on the new, in the screen i 'm sorry when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were gathered together we 've lost our our passion and compassion to come together and join for many different reasons. Some are fed up with uh, church as a uh, organized um, religion I understand that I get it but they were gathered together in one place they continued to gather together uh, at many different times for many different reasons and it says at one point that no one lacked in the church because they were gathering together they were close enough with one another that they knew each other's needs and were able to take care of those needs The Holy Ghost will give us an edge. The indweller causes us to shine. We are the light of the world. Holy Ghost brings excitement and intensity. I'm wrapping it up. Jennifer Field just come and play. The Holy Ghost is more than power. He's intellect. The indweller is our intercessor. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through groanings and moanings. The indwelling Holy Ghost didn't only reveal who Jesus was and affirm that He was the Son of God by the voice of the Father. The Holy Spirit reveals our identity. Romans 8.14 says, For all who are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. The Holy Ghost infuses us with the elements of the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, Romans says, but it is righteousness, peace, and joy. You know where it's located? In the Holy Ghost. The kingdom of God's rule and reign over the earth was established through the death, burial, and resurrection of King Jesus and then it was inaugurated by the outpouring of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost now somebody say now not later on when you die right now we rule and reign in life with Jesus having received the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness just kind of listen to this next statement the kingdom of God cannot function or operate in the earth without the Holy Ghost as we reign in this life with Him we worship in the Spirit we walk in the Spirit we pray in the Spirit we are renewed by the Spirit as you stand to your feet I'm concerned and as a pastor sometimes embarrassed that too much control has been taken to try to cage the move of the Spirit. It's just sometimes it it concerns me that we're not, we come to a gathering, but even in homes, even in the the grocery store at work, we we do too much to try to control and cage the move of the Spirit instead of just allowing Him to flow freely through us. Sound mind tells us that He's given us His Spirit for the spirit of fear. But when we let the spirit of fear control us, Holy Ghost gets caged from coming out of us. Now he'll still move, he'll, he'll do all kinds of things, signs and wonders, but he wants to move through you. We, you and I are the vehicle by which the kingdom of God and the Holy Spirit are going to move in this earth. The work of the Holy Spirit is not to get you to conform, but to rather transform. It's not spooky, it's spiritual. It's not mystical, it's marvelous. His work isn't natural though, it's supernatural. That's what we have at our disposal to be able to dispense. The resources of heaven here on the earth. Folks, I... See, I used to preach a message where I, where I would tell you that all these things that you have to do to empty yourself of so that you would be worthy of the Holy Spirit coming and feeling you, but filling you. Filling <laughs> you. But you don't have to wait. If you've believed, you have the indwelling Holy Spirit in you. Now this morning, even in this building and the 17, 19 that have been watching us live online you either are aware of that this morning or you're not you either have become aware and awakened to that and you've been operating in the spirit or you're not aware of that and you're still struggling and you're striving and you've got this works-based mentality you're trying to perform to get worthy enough so that God will work through you you have Holy Spirit indwelling in you if you haven't believed you don't you're still a child of god you still have been reconciled be thou reconciled that's what paul said now you need to reconcile with the fact that god through christ reconciled you and if when you believe that you are your name is written down in heaven you are born again welcome to the family of god and the spirit moved in so we have a couple of groups of people this morning and we need to allow the Holy Spirit and come awaken to his power that's within us and maybe you'll have an initial experience this morning of that indwelling spirit and be awakened and quickened to it I want to speak to something right now the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead we need some resurrections this morning and some re- how many need a resurrection in your finances come, just come on up to the front let's just pray together we need to lay hands on some folks and we just need to see the Holy Spirit work if you need anything resurrected in your life if you need your joy resurrected if you need your marriage resurrected maybe your business needs resurrected this morning I believe that the Holy Spirit is here He can work and move as He did in worship up and down these aisles but sometimes He just wants us to lay hands on each other and I feel that's what we need to do this morning Jennifer, would you sing that chorus of sound mind again as they come?
0: Sound mind.